0: Welcome to Game Life Balance U.S., a lifestyle podcast hosted by adults with jobs and families who are trying to figure out how to make time to have fun in the grown-up world. We like to nerd out, but we're more than just fun and games. Check out our website to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play Music, and elsewhere at gamelifebalance.us. And if you like us, then please tell your friends to check us out. I'm Chris from all things good and nerdy, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening
1: to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. Here we go.
0: And this is Jonathan Martin, and we are Jonathan Martin, 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 Jonathan Martin. Library. Jonathan Martin. Library. Library. Jonathan Library Martin. Ed Norton. uh, This this is the first episode of Game Life Balance US in a few weeks because we've been very busy, and we have so many things to talk about. We're going to talk a little Gen Con 2016 because Jonathan and I just returned from there. So here we are. How are you? I feel like i'm i feel like i'm recovered this the sleep that I got at Gencon
1: this year was of lesser quality uh but that's okay why I don't know I don't know i even had um I i brought an air mattress i was pre- i was finna say. i came prepared i i was i boy scouted Gencon this year but i uh yeah i just you know what I didn't sleep super well on that air
0: mattress. I don't have a good reason. You looked so comfy on it. And I slept on a very uncomfortable couch, but I slept like a rock. Maybe it was the fact that I was sleeping in the kitchen. Yeah, but it's a kitchenette. So it's really just an extension of the living room. And you can't complain that you weren't sleeping on carpet because you were sleeping on an air mattress. Maybe it's because Max was pouring whiskey over me while I was sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) That might might have had something to do with it, huh? It could be. Yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, well, that's that we did stay in a room of 10 ish dudes. There were 12 Gen people. Con, Were there? Well, and I guess one was technically female, although I have yet to verify definitively that yeah. trait. Yeah. But we, every year, and, and listener, if you go to gamelifebalance.us, you can see our full archive of, of Gen Con recaps from the last. I don't know. We've done podcasts for a while, at least three or four years worth of Gen Con kind of recaps. But if you're new, it's the world's largest gaming convention in Indianapolis every year. It's been in Indianapolis for at least 12 years because I have a shirt from Gen Con 2004 that says Indie. Also, when, you-
1: Cody says, when Cody says gaming, he's not referring to... I know this is typically a, a podcast where if we do talk about games, we talk about video games. Um, this, this generally, generally is not a video game event kind of at all. It's four days of tabletop gaming, board gaming, card gaming, collectible card gaming, LARPing, which is live action role play, role playing games. So basically all of the types of games that you can think of that are not of the video game variety.
0: Yeah, although they do have an e-games arena which we both participated in somewhat actively last year just generally the the convention's not about that though oh no 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 not at all that's just kind of a side thing that they've added uh, recently right. and they've done a great job but um but that's that's not what we go so the other thing they actually have a gen con and this because you know I it doesn't make sense to recap gen con if we do the same stuff every year and obviously the board games will be a little different every year I mean we're not gonna sit around talking about The fact that we played werewolf for several hours every year because we do but i actually went back to old cody mode of gen con from over 10 years ago and i went to some writing seminars did you know that i knew that you went to to a at least one seminar so and you hadn't been for a long time so tell me about that what was that like yeah i went to four so the thing about gen con is in addition to game designers they have a lot of authors and illustrators and artists at Gen Con and they all have panels all weekend and you can go and learn about things like, for example, there's one about world building in fantasy. So you know how in game of Thrones in, in the, in the song of ice and fire series, George RR R. Martin has a very, I mean, the map is very important and the geography and the terrain is very important and very relevant to the plot and And really logical so i went to a a a world building seminar at one point and there was a panel of authors and they talked about things like how there's things you might not normally think about but make sense but then you think oh maybe i should think about this stuff like a major city probably will have rivers or probably be along some kind of coastline because that because there's a lot of trade that goes through there and that's why it's a big city or the fact that on one side of a mountain it may be a desert and not the other side. And I can't, it's either East or West. I can't remember, but but depending on like the climate and things like that and just minor things like that, the way roads kind of twist and turn the, how advanced, Boats are, ships are, if, if you choose to involve a lot of water in your adventures. And then they have lots of other ones. They have crafting a good hero, crafting a good villain, crafting a good plot, uh, writing a novel. So where to start with writing a novel. They went to, a, I went to one of the seminars I actually attended was on outlining a novel and how to write a proper outline, how much detail you should put in an outline if you're going to write it and different writing styles. So one of the authors on the panel who has published several fantasy novels, says, you know, I, I outline everything beat for beat and I very rarely stray from it. And then they talk about the industry. And he, he said, you know, sometimes if you submit to a publisher, all they want to see is that outline and they want it to be really, really detailed. And then another one said, you know, I just like to put some really high level stuff and start maybe the first half of the outline. And then I kind of evolve and discover as I write. And, you know, some say that there was one really interesting example to me that they used How I Met Your Mother. Did you watch that show at all? I did not. Okay, I, mean, me neither, I mean, when but... I say,
1: when, I say did, when you asked me, did I watch that show? I have seen episodes of that show, but it was not a regular watch for me.
0: Sure. And did, did you hear about the ending? How the ending kind of let people down?
1: I mean, the ending of pretty much every show ever in existence that is a popular show lets people down.
0: Right. So the author used this as an example, even though it's not, not TV, but what she said was it seemed like the show creators wrote the beginning and kind of the general outline and the end of the series. And once they got to the end of the series, even though certain characters had grown in certain ways and developed in certain ways and, and characters had matured, they still stuck to the original ending and what happened is they kind of end up throwing a lot of the character growth out the window and just reverting back to this initial ending that was based on the initial characters they wrote seven or eight years ago sure and that's like a bad thing to do in storytelling so you know they say things like be flexible and you know be willing to kind of learn and even if you really like this ending and you're planning on it maybe you want to stray this way or that way so um those are the kinds of takeaways that I took and I, I went to three different seminars and th- the reason being I, I started writing a, a fantasy novel uh, 12 years ago ish. I mean, you've, you've always kind of
1: dabbled in writing, right? Like that was always kind of like a side, very small hobby of yours that you do on what very off times, but you've always kind of written.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, if you go to Cody com, I write little creative writing deals there and you know, I've I've written for the Huffington Post, which was kind of a fluke, but it happened. I I enjoy writing. I do I do really you know I originally studied broadcast. Oh, I initially studied journalism in college because I was good at writing. So, uh, and, and then that turned into broadcast, and that turned into other stuff. But I, I've always I've always liked it. So I, I don't know. For some reason, I, I thought to myself, you know, maybe this is the year I kind of get back into a little bit of the writing mindset and see what ideas I get. And the reason I stopped going to these is because seven or eight years ago, they had a panel where you could read an excerpt of your story to a panel of authors. And I read two pages of the story I was writing to all these published authors, and they liked it, and they thought it was funny, and they thought it was cool and kind of fresh. But they got really hung up on my use of the word, sir. Because it was a kind of a medieval fantasy setting and there was a knight that was calling everybody, sir. And they went into this direction that I had not considered. And they were like, well, you know, nobility would have only referred to it this way. And this knight would only refer to this. And, and he wouldn't refer to this person as sir. And they, they were in the peasantry. And, and, and I was just like, I have no, I'm so over my head. And, I you, probably- left and you said, these guys are jerks.
1: And I never want to write again because I don't want to be in their company. <laughs>
0: what What I thought at that time was I'm in over my head. I understand their feedback. I recognize that it's probably valid, but I'm not in a place where I'm willing or able to rewrite that much of it right now to fix also, this. Also, I am better than all of them. Also, that I'm so much better than them. So I actually brought that up at another panel this year because they were talking about kind of knowing your genre and they were saying things like if you're writing sci-fi read some romance novels because maybe you'll pick some ideas up from romance novels and things like genre crossing being a good thing and i said i told the story of of how i had been shot down and this guy that's written a bunch of the uh what's the, what's the big rpg Dream shadow t- the rpg but close shadow oh. potter shadow potter Shadow Thrones. J.K.
1: Rowling sh- was at your was at your panel.
0: Yeah, she expelled <laughs> My nope, nope, nope. Uh, what what is that's no, not Shadow? There's a What's the big RPG that's not Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, there's sh- like Shadow Run, but that's a video game. I got no, there's a cybered something. I don't. There's some other. There's rifts. some major RPG. It's just sure riffs. We'll say it's riffs, which sadly it's not. But it, we'll it, it should be red. Let's say it's red. Some guy that's an author on on on, on a, a a legit large scale art role playing game that's not Dungeons and Dragons said, you know what? Sometimes you can't please everybody. And if if that's the kind of detail that makes all your readers stop and take them out of the story, then that's a problem. But if it only takes a couple readers out, you're always going to run into those people that are like, "Oh well, uh, uh, you'll never have, uh, you wouldn't have that kind of harvest this time of year." And, and they use the example. Apparently, some internet trolls call out the fact that there wouldn't be potatoes in Westeros.
1: Everybody knows that.
0: Have you heard this?
1: Yeah, I was one. I I'm I was on Big Potato. Like Okay, oh, oh you're
0: on the Big Potato podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I am I am anti-potato in Westeros because I advocate okay. for big I advocate for big potato.
0: Well, right, and there's no realistic way there would be potatoes in Westeros. What no, idiot? All. What idiot? What idiot would ever think that it's acceptable to write about potatoes in Westeros? It actually kind of sounds to me
1: like the guy that said that at this panel that you were at was basically saying that the people at the first
0: panel were jerks. He did it while he was eating a potato like an apple. That's weird and kind of gross. And then he washed it down by eating a stick of butter like a carrot.
1: Well, you do want butter on your potatoes. So actually that kind of makes some sense. hmm
0: Yeah. He, he wasn't saying they were total jerks, but he was saying to... Uh, he was kind like, of
1: saying they were total jerks. He,
0: he was saying evaluate the feedback <laughs> that you're getting evaluate the feedback that you're getting and and if anyone ever gives you feedback like that again
1: cut out the cut
0: out their hearts and feed them to each other (laughs) as a sacrifice to the great potato god okay that's kind of weird uh that's a weird and then a bolt of lightning came through the window and struck him but you know what it takes all kinds at gen con we see all of them we see all of the kinds that it takes so many kinds but, um, but then, anyway, that, that's my little writing experience. And I, I, I don't know that I will pick up and start writing a fantasy novel all of a sudden because of it. But you may see some more creative writing on, on CodyGoff.com soon because I, I, like, I do enjoy that. And I, they gave me some ideas that I jotted down and I took notes and, and it was overall good. So I had an educational experience at Jan Con, And in addition to learning that I hate not staying at a hotel connected via Skywalk, what was, what was your, did I you was, have fun? Well, I was actually going to talk, did you do? I was going to talk about that. So
1: I think if, if we are uh, doing real talk, evaluating, of kind of evaluating the Gen Con, we've done like what, 16, 17 of them. There've been a lot. Um, and, you know, this is the first year that they've had this lottery system for Gen Con. So, I cannot
0: see your mouth, by the way. Yeah. I, well, I can, I can just, uh, Oh my that? God, that's so much better. Oh, you're okay. like licking your microphone. No I wonder. Am, I'm right up on it. So, um,
1: you know, this that's is, hot.
0: A, this is the first, this is the first year that they've been
1: this lottery system for rooms. Um, and as far as the, the lottery system is concerned, generally it's always kind of been first come first serve as soon as the, you know, they'll pick like a time every other year they've picked time. They've said, all right, at this time, rooms are going to open, go to the website, get a room, right? And it was first come, first serve after they opened up room assignments. So this is the first year that they did this, this Wait, lottery Wait, last thing. year they
0: did the lottery system. Was last year the first year? Last year was the first year and we got lucky.
1: But oh. this year we didn't. Okay, so. so I'm sorry, this is the second year. Um, and and last year was fine. This year we kind of got burn, burned with it. So we had like four to six people that morning um, that rooms went open at, going on to try to get a room. I think mine was like three and a half hours after the opening of, of being able to, uh, to book a room. Um, Somebody else was like five and a half. I think, I think our, our shortest was like what, two hours or two and a half hours. It was not good. Whatever it was, it was, it was in, in terms of Gen Con time, it might as well have been three lifetimes um, as, as far as booking rooms goes. So uh, one of the guys in our group ended up, booking a room at a hotel that was 15, 20 minutes walk, maybe from the convention center, nothing like significant. I don't mind a 15 to 20 minute walk kind of at all. Um, But it was not something that we've ever, ever done before. We've never been that far from the convention center. We've pretty much, in fact, in Indian, in Indiana, we've always been directly at one of the hotels directly connected to the, to the convention center. So um, it was the first time that we had been kind of that far away. And I didn't realize, even though we were so close, I didn't realize just how different it would feel because you kind of forget that when you are in one of those hotels that's ne- next to the convention center, you, you, f- you forget that people live in that city that don't go to Gen Con because literally every single person that stays at those hotels is going to Gen Con, right? Every, yeah. single, every single one of them. So um, the very first thing that I noticed upon like retrospection, like when I was thinking about this, this Gen Con that just happened, the very first thing that I thought about was like we would sit in the lobby and probably only about half the people that were sitting in the lobby with us were going to Gen Con. The other half were, you know, doing other stuff that people do. They're going on like normal vacation or whatever. Um, And so it kind of felt, it kind of felt not special. It felt like we weren't, it kind of felt like we weren't there for Gen Con is kind of what it felt like. I don't have have a, a better way to describe it, but like, there's something there's something kind of magical about being about like hanging out in the lobby of a hotel of the, of one of these Gen Con hotels with everybody dressed up in costume, people coming and going and talking about games all the time, the anime room being right down the hall. If you're if like we're staying at the West End. Like there's something like special about that. And it feels like a special event that happens once a year. This this hotel. And while i liked the hotel this hotel felt like we could have just booked a random hotel at any city just all flown there hung out for four days and then left and that's kind of the feeling that i got from the hotel and it's by no fault of anybody's it's the best hotel we could get right but it was just that's kind of like the feeling that i got this year at gen con um and i still enjoyed myself i still really liked playing games with people because we did a lot of that um and i liked being at the convention center but I just I didn't like the feeling of disconnection that I felt to the convention, and I don't think it was related to the convention itself. I, I really think it was related to the hotel we were staying at.
0: I completely agree, and I kind of I kind of threw a fit about it a couple times <laughs> because, and, and I walk everywhere. I'm in Chicago. I walk everywhere. I yeah. walk five minutes to the train in the morning. I walk ten minutes to work. When I get off the train, like I, I walk. Literally everywhere. I I rarely drive, so yeah, walking isn't a, a problem for me. But the, it is. It did make it a little. Well, I will say it was a little humid, and that was a little annoying. Because it was warm. That, it was definitely warm. And that makes it tough to cosplay. I mean, I'm glad that I wore I wore a pretty late cosplay outfit, and uh, still I showed up. I got to the by the time I got to the convention center, I'm kind of sweaty. Right. And then you're about to walk around a convention for eight hours. So it's like, eh, merp yeah yeah but i I kind of got the impression from the other people of our group that there's a pretty similar feeling, right Oh yeah, I think so yeah. totally i think I think I was the whiniest about it, and I think that was probably the most vocal but uh and I was the most right too i think I think that's the major thing is that I was the most justified, I was the most correct I was the most important you were, you were the know, most, you, you were the
1: most important that's exactly right yeah yeah, yeah
0: exactly, so you know. But, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to hoping that the lottery system doesn't destroy us next year. My, upon hearing that we all stayed in one suite, my mother gave me yet another uh, thrashing—not verbal thrashing for the fact that a, that a dozen men who all have full-time jobs, some of which are very well-paying full-time jobs, choose to share one giant hotel room instead of getting their own explained I try explaining yet again that we might as well still do it while we're young enough. Not kind of,
1: kind of not to mention that like there are plenty of people in our group that just don't come back to the room, like at least not until like five or 6am. So people are sleeping at, people are sleeping at much different times, you know, like, I don't know. Honestly, it was very cramped in that room this year. It was, but that was not my biggest issue by any means of the convention.
0: What was your biggest issue? I think we Even just far. talked. About, I think we just caught, we just caught about we just talked about it. Tell me about it. But we just—I I, wasn't listening to anything you said. You can literally go back and listen like
1: to the last four minutes of the podcast, and you'll hear what the biggest issue was.
0: Okay, listener, hang here for four minutes while I go listen to the last four minutes of the podcast.
1: You need a soundboard so you can.
0: like... What was, what was the most funnest game you played?
1: Um. You know, in terms of games that I've played or haven't played before, both. Okay, so the best game that we played was still Eldritch Horror, um, which we played on like the last night that we were there. Uh, it's this epic game set in the Arkham universe by Fantasy Flight. I probably talked about it on this podcast before, but it basically—you have—it basically is like a globe-trotting game where everybody can travel across the entire world. Um, because there's an ancient one that's trying to awake, and uh, you have to stop it from awakening, awakening, and then if it does awaken, you might have to kill it. I don't know. It depends on the and it depends on the big goo, the big bad guy. Uh, so Here's that was how
0: I would describe the game. It's like Monopoly, if instead of rolling a die every turn or two dice, you just were not in jail the whole game. Yeah, you really liked that game a
1: lot from the one time that you no, played it. You really enjoyed it. I don't like it. that.
0: I don't like that type of game. To be fair, even if I hadn't played as this, the 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 politician I don't like that type of game and that's fine if you do what a good game you don't like a good game i like poker for example or final fantasy 14 or baccarat or triple triad
1: oh triple triad so think, good do you know what baccarat is nope okay um
0: James Bond plays
1: it yeah so that uh, that game is still like one of my favorites that's out right now Um, that I've played but I did get to play a couple of games that I had never played before at some events Um, one of them that I actually I I really enjoyed them both actually one of them was a game called Legends of Andor and we actually played the expansion to it and it was this kind of it was a game set in a fantasy universe and it was everybody against the board and the board is telling a story and it's doing stuff that's nasty spawning monsters and you're having to like do a different scenario each time that you play it Um, except that it's like a puzzle. Like, it's like a puzzle in that you have four people that all have a set number of like action points, and you have to, f- you, the board presents you with a challenge, and you have to figure out how to use those action points and the variety of actions you can do with them to solve that puzzle. And if you don't, you know, min max, If you don't if you don't maximize the potential of your action points every single turn, the board will kill you and you'll lose. And we did because it was our first time playing. So we didn't know how to how to maximize the value of those. Right. But it was enjoy it was enjoyable. It was really fun because it was a I mean, there's no like time limit or anything. So it is a puzzle game. It it really feels like one. So there's really a lot of there's a lot of analysis. There's a lot of thinking that goes that goes into what you're going to do. And it was really fun. Um, and then the other game that I played that I hadn't played before was one called Isle, Isle in the Sky or Isle of the Sky, and it is a game by Mayfair Games, which is the game company that makes um, Southerns of Catan, uh, Carcassonne, are the two their two, two most well-known games. And everybody is a lord in Ireland, and they're building up their their province, what they own. They're building up their their plot of land and whoever has the best plot of land at the end wins. And it's really cool because it's got, um, randomized victory point scoring at the start of the game. So there's like 16 different tiles that you, that you can pull out of this bag to score points and you'll pour, you'll pull out four random ones at the start of every game. And those four tiles will tell you what you need to do to score points. And obviously they're all different. So every time you play the game, you're going to be kind of shooting for a different target as to what you want your settlement to look like. And so it changes the way that you draft stuff and it changes the way that you place tiles. And then it's also got this kind of interesting barter mechanic where you pick out two random tiles and then you bid money on them to say, I'm going to put like eight gold on this tile And I'm going to buy it for eight gold. And if I win the bid for it, I can place this tile. However, there's a round that goes around where where everyone at the table has a chance to buy the tile that you have money behind by paying that amount of money. And then you just don't get that tile. And obviously placing tiles is the way you win the game. So it, it, it has this, this bartering and betting system in that, how much do I want to pay for this tile? How much do I think I need to pay for this tile to actually get to place it? without somebody buying the tile out from under me so it's it's, it's actually it's sound it may sound complicated because there's not a good way to explain it without the board being there uh, but it's actually fairly simple it's a fairly simple game i mean the rule book is four pages long which i have i have not played a four page rule book game in a very Never. long time yeah it's been a very long time so it's very simple rules but it was really cool and there was a lot of um i don't know if you've ever played carcassonne but basically, there's a bag of tiles, you pull a tile, you look at your board, and you have to place that tile on your board. And then at the end, there's a bunch of rules that determine how things are scored, based on how stuff is, is placed.
0: Is it is? Have you played Rummy ever? No. Or Gin Rummy? Is it different? I mean, that's with like runs and books, right? I have no idea. But I played a game called Dumpster Dive that was similar, that had some similar mechanics to the game that you played. Dumpster dive, by the way, the card game, not as fun as actually dumpster diving. I say this from a lot of experience. Yeah, you and, can listen to that podcast, actually. Yeah, yeah, whole one. And uh, it, it was described to me when it was taught as, oh, it's a lot like rummy. I didn't know what that meant. It didn't help me. Okay. But I thought I would ask you because you play games like Euchre, which only 135-year-old women play. Oh
1: man, Uyghur is like one of the best games ever. And actually, I have played Rummy. I do know what Rummy is. It's basically a game where you make books and runs, books of multiple cards of the same number, and then runs of cards in sequence.
0: Right, you might remember it from your days fighting in the Civil War, for example. Right. So there's that. Anyway, this game is
1: like a souped-up version of Carcassonne, and it's uh, a better version of Carcassonne, a more
0: strategic version. It was very good. So it's like Carcassonne meets Gin Rummy meets Dumpster Diving. Meeks does Mostly it's Dumpster Diving, though. Mostly. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. I have never heard of
1: either of those games. Thanks for inviting me, jerk. I actually hadn't heard of them either. So it was my it was my first time even having any kind of exposure to them.
0: Well, my favorite game was called Seasons. I don't know anything about it. I can't even remember the rules, but it was fun. Oh, that game is great. That Actually, I played that for the
1: first time as well and really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. It was a Who really cool game. Who
0: publishes it?
1: I don't even know. It's a, it's a company that... makes board games. I, is I, yes. A, is right. it AED? I don't know. I can't, I can't remember. It's a company that...
0: Yeah, Seasons Board Game.
1: Yeah, it's a company that I haven't played a lot of games by, if any, other than Seasons. It was very good. It is by... Is it AED? I don't think it is.
0: Oh, man. Uh, wow. Board Game Geek has so many words on this page, and I have no idea. I don't even see the publisher.
1: This is very interesting for the listener at home. Libellud,
0: Libelud? libellud. Have you heard of it? L-I-B-E-L-L-U-D? Nope. I think it's French. Yes, some, because some the some entire libelud. site is in French. That's really strange. Yeah, it was a very good game, though. It was very good. Wait, wait, why doesn't it just say publisher? Real? Yeah, it's li- libellud. How do you... Any French listeners, please feel free to chime in. Oh, it's also published by Asmodee. Asmodee. It is an Asmodee game.
1: Okay. Yeah. And Asmodee is the company that now owns uh, Fantasy Flight. Wait, really? Really, really.
0: How did they acquire Fantasy Flight? Wasn't Fantasy Flight the gold standard for board games and made lots of good money? Apparently, Asmodee is a bigger company. Who knows? But there's st- I mean,
1: Fantasy Flight's not going anywhere. They're still going to be called Fantasy Flight. Uh, sure. It, it's going to be like the Blizzard acquisition, where Activision acquired Blizzard, and then they're still going to be Blizzard.
0: And left it alone because they know what's good for them? Exactly. Cool. All right. Exactly. Well, anyway, so it was a, overall a successful Gen Con. I cosplayed as Sid Highwind from Final Fantasy VII. It was a poor man's cosplay. Is that it's, what that was? Yeah, it's extremely I legitimately basic. didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's, it was garbage. Uh, I didn't have the cigarette or the pack of cigarettes or the patches for his jacket or, or the, the gloves or the spear. So really really any part of the costume didn't
1: actually cosplay as anything you cosplayed as cody two people asked me for pictures that's because you were tall is Sid Highwind tall no it's just because you were tall they just were like this guy they were like this guy is a freak so we need to take a picture with him
0: six foot four nobody like that i've ever seen that's right super freak all those people coming from the, you know, the 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 rural districts of Indiana and Wisconsin they, and surrounding states—they don't grow them tall there. They didn't know what to do. Right. Well, um, yeah. So GenCon was good. It was it was good. It wasn't as good as it has been in the past, but it was good. Yeah. I, yeah. It was uneventful. Like I mean, I played. Some, we we all played some werewolf and. There were no crazy werewolf stories like the two-part werewolf story I wrote about on my website last year or any crazy drama nobody playing dance dance revolution in a chainmail bikini that tried to hook up with one of our friends, you know, no like none of that craziness, just kind of hanging out and I did have Taco Bell. That was eventful, but you don't want to hear about that. I don't. I don't I I will say we did so in Indiana there is
1: a um there is a bar that is like directly attached to the convention center that that is it uh promotes itself as a gamer friendly bar they kind of want people to come in they like are showing movies the entire time during gen con they encourage people to come in and actually like play board games at the bar on the tables which i'm sure is great for the serving staff i'm sure they love that but it's always something that they've promoted we've never been able to go there because it's always whenever we try to go it's like a three-hour wait because people are playing board games there, like jerks so Uh, we finally got a chance to go there. We went there, we got a big table in like the back corner. We all just kind of hung out and had drinks, stayed there for like three hours, like the jerks that we didn't like before. Um, and it was great. It was really cool. I really enjoyed that as well. So I hope that we get a chance to do that again, because just hanging out in the bar where everybody else is there for Gen Con 2 and playing games there was a very Gen Con experience, a very, a very gaming convention focused experience.
0: Definitely. And uh, I would say that we'll probably be back next year. Just a thought. Yeah, I don't think we're going to stop going. I'm going to try to get the Gunna Geek Network to go because I, I did see on those, I talked about those seminars you can go to and a couple were on podcasting, Podcast 101 and how to blah, 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 podcast. And I looked at them and I got kind of mad because I just thought to myself, oh, which Gunna Geek was doing this? This is perfect. But here we are. I mean, honestly, not... Honestly, they could probably host events. There no, that's what I'm podcasting. saying. They were they yeah. were hosted uh, things. So, uh, yeah. but I I believe we have actually discussed members of the Guinea Geek Network converging on Gen Con in a coming year to do that. So I, I hopefully hopefully that'll happen. You and I obviously did not do a live podcast. I, I was hoping to live stream a game of Werewolf or something, just to kind of provide some random content. But uh, it just never happened. It just wasn't. Uh, just didn't, I didn't feel like it. I guess you could say I am lazy yeah. and don't care. I did really like that live episode that we did, but it took, it took a
1: lot of work on your end to kind of line up guests and stuff, didn't it? So, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you just kind of want to go and enjoy the convention. It's true. So, uh,
0: anyway, that's all I have to say about Gen Con. Yeah, I'm good too. I got nothing else. Which means we' should probably move on. So we, we've both been on, uh, on some, some travel. We've been done some tra- summer traveling. So we're going to catch up a little bit with that. So uh, you can go ahead and I really hope the connection didn't freeze because I really hate when it does that. But I want to hear about your Las Vegas trip. if my internet would only just not suck for three seconds. Oh, no way. No way. This is a first. John Martin, Jonathan Martin, if you will, which you should because why not? Jonathan Martin, I'm going to text him right now. He just texted me and said, Power just went out, huge storm here. This is a first on Game Life Balance US. This is a first. Never before, I mean, we've had a lot of connection issues, right? We have computer problems all the time. My computer breaks his internet stops working my internet service provider hiccups i mean lots of stuff has happened we have had lots of difficulties and this is the first time it's a power outage i'm going to text him and say can you connect on your phone question mark question mark now if john can't connect on his phone which i mean <laughs> Why would he be able to connect on his phone? Uh, If he can't connect on his phone, then I guess I'm just going to have to wrap up this episode, which will now just be called Gen Con 2016 because we didn't get a chance to talk about anything else. Um, Maybe he he just said, you probably don't want that. Haha, dude, it's crazy. Wow. He just said Storm came out of effing nowhere. He didn't actually say effing. He said a swear. But I will not repeat that swear because that would be un- unfortunate. So, wow, that's, uh, this is, like, I'm, I'm actually kind of at a loss because I did not, I mean, I didn't expect this. And I'm communicating with John over over text at this point because he just, he just, done. So, wow, very uh, crazy stuff. He has no lights or anything. Wow. All right, um, this is exciting. How about we just live stream me reading out loud my text conversation with John? Well, that's that's pretty crazy. I guess we'll just wrap up here. Um, he also says, and phone is honestly going to die soon and no way to charge. Uh, so I'm just going to say, ha ha, okay, I'll wrap up. Uh, now then, talk to you tomorrow. And that's just what we're going to leave it at. Good timing, though. I got to say that was impeccable timing. Because John's screen froze. And before we started recording this episode, this ha- it happened twice, where John's face would freeze. And then my Hangouts would say, disconnected, your internet's stupid, blah, 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 reloading. And then I'd come back, and John would say, good, your internet sucks, good, your internet sucks. Because he, he, like that is his favorite thing. He salivates over the opportunity to tell me how badly my internet sucks every episode. It is the highlight of his week. I actually, I actually think that that's the only reason he still does this podcast, is so that he can tell me how much my internet sucks on a pretty much weekly basis. So, it's wonderful to me. I'm thrilled, in fact, that he does not get that opportunity. And then, in fact, this is entirely his fault. Because, again, his face froze, and I thought, well, there goes my internet again. And I typed at him on Hangouts. I said, hang on, be right back. And then suddenly he's, he's, texting me a deluge of messages about how he has no 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 uh, electricity so that's exciting well hey listen thank you so much for listening to this episode of game life balance U.S. <laughs> i apologize for the abrupt ending which really neither of us have any control over whatsoever next i so we've been recording bi-weekly but we missed last week so I don't know if that means we'll record again next week or if we'll wait two weeks. But I would like to talk about my experience in, in Spain and in Madrid because I got to know geek culture over there a little bit. Actually, Gen Con would have been a nice transition. But I'll wait until John's back to to discuss that. And John had a little trip to Las Vegas, and I'm sure some other cool stuff to talk about. So we've got a lot of content to cover in the next couple episodes. You'll just have to to tune back in for those. In the meantime... Whether we're back next week or the week after, uh, or near enough as makes no matter, you can listen to some other uh, episodes of cool podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com. And... This week, you can check out the 30th episode of Pop X Cast, which I believe is a relatively new podcast to the Gunna Geek Network. And this is episode 30 of Pop X Cast, The History of Comics and Pop Culture. And in this episode, Team Pop X will break down the third segment in the series of History of Comics and Pop Culture, the quote unquote Dark Ages of Comics and McCarthyism, and how comics scorned for content. Scorned? Scoured, scorned. I don't know it's I don't know I don't understand the context of scorned for content, but here we are. You can also check out elsewhere on the Gunna Geek Network. on Gallifrey Public Radio, our resident Doctor Who podcast, episode 195, a classic rewatch Tomb of the Cybermen. This week the crew revels in the simple perfection that is the fifth season classic. Tomb of the Cybermen. I've watched most of the newer episodes of Doctor Who from the 2000s, but only a couple episodes of the classic series. So that could be a cool listen, an interesting listen, and also a way to get away with learning about classic Doctor Who without having to watch an older episode. If, if that's not your thing and you, you aren't entertained or have the patience for or enjoy older things like that, then... Could be a could be a cool thing to check out. But yeah, check out that and other geeky podcast at gunnageek.com. We will be back next time. Like I, I ah, I'm doing a very bad job improvising this ending and I feel really bad about that. It's cause I I I again, totally out of nowhere. And John is usually the one that has to deal with just kind of cutting to the close of the podcast, not me. I, I will say if I sounded a little tired or low energy or weird or different this episode or I look like garbage if you're watching this on YouTube, it's because I, I may still be jet lagged from two weeks ago. I'm not going to lie because I got back from from two weeks in Madrid and two days later, I went to Gen Con. Three days later, I went to Gen Con where no one sleeps. So I'm, I'm quite sleep deprived at this point. Hopefully I'll catch up this weekend, but who knows? And also, th- uh, actually, uh, Saturday, August 6th, 13th, wow, it's coming up. Saturday, August 13th is BitBash Chicago. BitBash is an indie games festival that is held in Chicago every year. This is their third or f- I want to say fourth year, actually. And BitBash is a huge deal. I'll have the chance to play lots of indie games at BitBash. And I always make a point of taking video of some of these games and posting links. Uh, well, I-, I post the videos to Instagram. And then I'll post a little description of the game or maybe just the title of it just to give you a quick snapshot of kind of what's out there. So if you want to check out some cool indie games, follow me on Instagram. The name is Cody Goff, just C-O-D-Y-G-O-U-G. GH, Cody Goff on Instagram. And you can check out some videos from BitBash that I will undoubtedly post this weekend. And I'm sure that I will talk some BitBash on our next episode of Game Life Balance US whenever we record. So lots to look forward to from nerds in Spain to John in Las Vegas to BitBash Chicago. We're always doing stuff. And. I have no idea what of that stuff we will tell you about, but I'm sure we'll try to make it entertaining, as we do. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now so you can get on with your day. But first, I'd like to thank you. For listening to this episode of Game Life Balance US, the podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast, please like, share, subscribe if you enjoyed this episode. We love subscribers. And leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the aforementioned Gun and Geek Network at com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at com. So many places to find us. And uh, you can learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. I guest hosted an episode of Game Life Balance Australia a couple episodes ago, and that was a crazy clash of worlds. Not clash. We weren't clashing. I wasn't clashing with Rob. At least I hope I wasn't. I didn't think I was clashing. I was clashing with America is what I was doing. I was clashing with America. Am I done? Can I go now?